Well, Ben Shulman, if you had told me prior to this game that the best start in a full turn of the Blue Jays rotation would have come from Yusei Kikuchi. I don't know if I would have laughed like outright, but I definitely would have uh, scoffed at least a hearty <laughs> scoff, perhaps like you. This comes from a guy who has a fair amount of Kikuchi shares in various uh, fantasy leagues, which is not advisable all the time. I, I will say And but our bold predictions. You have some Kikuchi shares too. That is true. And so, Hey, I'm, I'm very pleased for Kikuchi uh, based on his last start, but boy, Kevin Gosman, and the four-seam fastball absolutely getting shelled today. Like mostly in the first inning, but a little bit later on as well. Jose Abreu, two-run double, fastball. Corey Jelks, two-run double, fastball. Jake Myers, three-run bomb. That was a homer in eight of 30 ballparks, not including the Rogers Center, fastball. Like It was a bit of a run luck on the Myers home run, which is the play of the game you heard earlier, but... Gosman looking uh, incredibly mortal, and that is not something we are used to seeing. Like even the Jolk solo bomb in the third was off the fastball. Yeah, it was. It was a a shocking lack of command, Ooh. to be honest. From from a guy who's been really, really consistent in one light. You know, some guys are going to get blown up. It, this is much different than the Manoa situation yesterday, where it was a consistent thing that's happened multiple starts. Kevin Gosman had been phenomenal coming into this start. And that's what makes it so ridiculous. I mean, to put into context, how good he had been, he got blown up. Javier had a good game. Yeah. When they leave this game, Gosman still has a better ERA than Christian Javier, whose ER, both of their ERAs start with three, like Javier's numbers look pretty solid now, but yeah, it was shocking. Most of his command, most of his pitches, it felt like the command was a little bit shaky tonight. And especially, you know, the fastball, the pitch that goes straight, is the one you really aren't going to be able to get away with. He didn't necessarily have some of that upper nineties that he had had with the fastball in his last start either. And you know, when you, when your catcher sets up outside and you miss inside, sometimes they take advantage. So, you know, I, I don't think a long-term concern, but obviously just, you know, one of, if not probably what will be the worst start of the season for Kevin Gosman. That is Ben Shulman. I'm show Ali. Welcome to Jay's talk. Brought to you by Crown Rust Protection across the Sportsnet radio network. We are on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app as well. We're taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open. 416-870-0590. Star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is where you can text us. That is the people's text line, and it is always open. And uh, I'm glad people are taking the advice of texting during the game as well, because I actually see a number of texts here uh, waiting for us, Ben. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to them right now. But first, real quick, this is uh, Kevin Gosman's final line, four and two thirds, seven hits, eight runs, seven of which were earned, two walks, five strikeouts. And of course, the two home runs given up to Jake Myers and Corey Jelks. I mean, credit to Gosman in, in one sense. He did this last year, I believe, in a raise start, if I remember correctly. You're right. Gives up some runs. At least he, he goes out there and eats a couple more innings. Because if he doesn't, the bullpen is not set up for success in the final two games. So, I mean, he didn't go seven or anything, but at least he was able to continue to throw strikes after he'd given up those runs and push the game forward. Shai Davidi also saying uh, Kevin Gosman giving up a career high matching so that's, eight runs. Which I mean, is that's not great. 17 games in the season. Two of the Blue Jays starters who have probably pitched the best so far in Bassett and yeah, Gosman have given up their career high in earned runs.
I let's go to the text line, Ben. I see. I, I admit I thought this during the game, especially when the fastball was getting the thing getting teed off on the pitch getting smoked. Tim from Hamilton. Jeez Louise. It almost like they know what's coming. Can we hear any trash cans? I won't lie. <laughs> I, I, I will not. I, I would not be being honest if I, if I didn't admit I at least that thought crossed my mind at least a little bit. I would say it's a quite different team. <laughs> um, a very different. I mean, here's what I'll say. Could Kevin Gosman have been tipping pitches? Sure. That's entirely Maybe. possible. It's literally impossible to do the trash can thing with Pitchcom. I mean, how, how could you possibly know? Even with a camera, you can't really, you couldn't zoom in a camera. What if, enough. What if the could, signals are being intercepted by now, some kind of like, I actually kind think, of a switcher. Or something. I don't know. I think like two years ago when they first were talking about Pitchcom, there were people about who were saying that, but I, I this think is the city where NASA is, you know, it's true. It's true. And, and you know, they could have some alien technology around there, but uh, I do think a, a big case of this was location. If you, you know, we, we have, you know, the, the major league baseball research site up sometimes, and you can go back and look at some of the pitches. And I mean, a, a couple of them are center cut fastballs. Yeah. And Ooh. if you throw a center cut yeah. fastball at 92 to 94, which is where a lot of the fastballs were today, the Houston Astros, especially, I mean, this, you know, it was Corey jokes and Jake Myers today who knocked in six of the nine runs, but anyone in the major leagues, if you throw them a center cut fastball has a chance to hit it out. The jokes home run. If you go into like baseball savant or even just MLB.com's game day page, they show you where the pitch lands in like the three by three strike. Oh, yeah, I mean, and it is as it is like as in the middle as you could po- without placing it there yourself with your hands. That that is as in the middle as it gets. Yeah, I think most of the time at the major league level, when people say down the middle, it doesn't really no. actually mean down the middle like it, it means not right on the edges, but that, that was truthfully, if you break the zone into nine in the middle quadrant or the middle ninth of the zone. I, uh, I tend to agree with this one. This is from Mark in Toronto and Mark says confident. This will be a one-time blunder for Gosman. I love the overall start to the season and the team's approach compared to previous years. I first is a, there's more to it, but first of all, I do agree with that. I, I think yeah. we've seen enough from Gosman in his like relatively short blue Jays career that you can, when he does have bad starts, usually bounces back. The Astros at all, all had had also gotten like smoked by the Rangers. Just I think last night, like they were they were looking to bounce back a little bit as well at home after they got embarrassed by the other Texas team in yeah. uh, in the state. So I, I'm not surprised they came out with a little bit of zip. I am surprised that it came off of Kevin Gosman of all people. But like we were talking about in the pregame show, everyone gets blown up at some point. Like, there's not a pitcher alive who does not get blown up every now and again. So it's certainly not a lot of, uh, not a lot of concern for me, but this is the rest of Mark's text. Management needs to do two things to help this club. And a lot of texts uh, on this first point, Ben give up on Kevin Biggio. His uppercut flat out does not belong in a big league team vying for a championship Two, give Vladdy his big money deal. Inevitably going to happen. Get it done now. So you both know exactly what it is. So you can relax, have better ABs that don't seem to be focused on chasing home runs. So we can get to the Vladdy stuff in a sec, but give up on the give up on Kevin Biggio thing from Mark seems to be a common thread. Like I see one here from uh, Mauricio in East York. Biggio should be permanently demoted. Let Merrifield play every day. Biggio has lost the plate. Why does the manager play favorites? Enough is enough. 
It's the major leagues to get it done league. And then the last one, Jay from Regina. I'm aware of the lefty-righty matchups. However, Merrifield is better than Biggio. I'm hoping Witt is in the lineup tomorrow, not Cavan. I would I would at least pretty quickly just shoot the favorites thing down unless unless John Schneider. I, we don't even know. I mean, I don't know why necessarily Biggio would be considered a favorite of Schneider over anyone else. But, I mean, I think he cares more about his job security, paying his rent, and and feeding his family. And that, that means winning. So I do think you know, what he's doing is winning. And also I mean, for what it's worth, you don't play your best nine guys, all 162 games, your best nine guys are not the best nine guys against everyone, but there is definitely, you know, something to what's going to go on with the bench right now. You have, you have Merrifield and then two other guys who mostly play second. Uh, granted, I know Espinal Homer today, he's still hitting below a hundred. Uh, so not not like he is lighting it up at the plate either. I do think he has some advantage over Biggio in the fact that he plays short mm-hmm. uh, and and even at second is a is a better defender. I, I think a lot of people would say that. But it, it is interesting. Is Brandon Belt hitting well? Does that hurt Biggio too? Because that's another good lefty bat. Maybe I, I really don't think it's a case of playing favorites though. If anything, I think it's a case of they want lefties. And I think a lot of the fan base asked for them to have lefties. It was a, a big deal. They have a lefty who for two out of the four years of his career has hit really well. He is under contract and is going to be paid major league money. So well, they I wonder what that contract looks like. Well, the next contract, I'm not sure that's it, it, but his yeah, current yeah. contract is still going for yeah, yeah. two more this year and next year, I believe, unless I'm mistaken. I, th- I think this is the, Fifth year, yeah, right. Nineteen, yeah, fifth year. So of his six-year rookie deal. So I think for now, at least they're giving him a chance. I mean, it's much cheaper and more efficient to try and build your own. Then maybe they'll go try and acquire a lefty bat. I mean, I I am subtly peeking at the uh, the numbers of switch hitter Brian Reynolds on Pittsburgh, but that's a big ass. That's a big you know, ask. That's yeah, a big yeah, ass. That's is. that's an everyday player type thing. So. Who knows? I do think by the end of the season, not all three second basemen will be around. Maybe with the expanded roster, they will. And I obviously what Merrifield feels like he's pretty safe there. But I, I mean, by the numbers, none of the three second basemen are off to an offensive explosion to start the year. Merrifield is hitting solid, especially average wise. But Biggio still hits for more power than he does. But I, I mean, I get it. I do think one one second baseman might not make it the full year whether he's traded or or whatever or whatever happens yeah it's true because there there are just simply there's just not enough playing time to go around for all three of them to get the playing time they need in order to prove that they are all competent second baseman or at the very least everyday major league baseball players and i think the one typically the person with the 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 best track record is who you're going to go with when that is the case and right now the, that person of the three guys who play second base is Whit Merrifield yeah uh, by and, far and, by and, and it's that's not to say that Vigio and Espinal have have had no track record but I do think that is to say that since Whit Merrifield was called up the year after the Royals won the World Series he has been an everyday player and oh, he yeah. has produced very well as an everyday player. And conversely, when he was not an everyday player last year, he did not produce, right? It's, for me, it yeah. is a relatively simple look. I know Espinal hit the home run today, like the 377 foot ball. It's a great homer. A ballpark in a, a, a home run in 29 of 30 ballparks. The only ballpark it was not a home run in was Camden Yards. And it would have been in 2021 Camden Yards. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the, the newly renovated uh, Oriole Park at Camden Yards, it, it would not have been a home run in. But. 
29 to 30. Like, that was a moonshot. Like, it my was. goodness. It was, yeah. it was not the cheapy he hit last year off of Verlander, which, by the way, he just must really like hitting in Houston or something because how often does he, are you seeing an Espinal home run? Seriously. Like, not often, right? Yeah. He had one. La- he went back to back with Bradley Zimmer yeah. last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, you are right. And, you know, Espinal does occupy a niche of hitting lefties well, but it, you know, that hasn't materialized yet either. There is a chance that, Hey, they go out and acquire someone that could jump in front of both Espinal and Biggio. I do think that's a possibility too, but I, I think there's just a little more time that's needed before they make that decision because I don't think Espinal is necessarily jumping in front of Biggio and snatching up second base spots or sp- second base at bats from him yeah. just because he hit one homer today. Biggio has a homer this year, too. Let's go to the phone lines, and let's bring in our first caller of the evening, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. Shane calling in from Mississauga. Shane, welcome to Jay's Talk. Thanks for staying up late with us. Hey, boss. Um, just calling, curious your guys' opinion on the starting rotation, because yep. the way I see it, lifelong Blue Jays fan, bleeding blue and white, bleeding red on Canada Day. Manoa's having a little bit of regression. Gossman, yeah, spring training was great, but he hasn't looked exactly the way Gossman looked. Maybe last year, I know he had that vapid problem last year. Bassett, Barrios, their coin flips right now. One star looks good, one star doesn't, and Kikuchi is really the only bright spot. Everybody thought he was going to be the guy we were worried about, and he seems to be the one that's really showing his stuff i don't know if he's turned the corner or not but how do you guys feel about the rotation are you looking at maybe we got to make a trade soon but definitely at the trade deadline if things keep going we're looking for a number one are we Is tideman coming up what do you guys say thanks so much for the call shane i i would be surprised i mean internally you never know and internally i i think that's true things could happen but i mean this this matters that, you know, they're paying a lot for pretty much every starter in the rotation. Manoa is the only one that they're not because he's on his rookie deal. Um, I, I think, you know, Gosman, I mean, he just had a career high earned runs allowed and his ERA is three, six, five right now. So I, I think they're pretty happy with him. I, I, I would say at least in my opinion, he has pitched pretty well. And I would say that he's pitched to a, a frontline starter performance. Obviously today isn't the best time to say that, but I, I think he'll bounce back. Bassett is coming off two good starts. It was just the first start of his blue Jay career. So I think I give that one more time, but you know, it is definitely risky when the four and the five came into the year. I would agree as a bit of coin flips. Mm-hmm. I mean, Barrios was a, last year, a good start, bad start, good start, bad start. And Kikuchi didn't last in the rotation the whole time. So it is a risky situation. I think the money we talked about it before with Ryu being involved. I think that there's a higher chance if they really felt they needed to yank someone out that they would try and stretch it until they got to Ryu. But I would be surprised if they poured more resources into the rotation right now, because also when you get to the playoffs, you cut it down to three guys. So you really just, you really have to hope that you feel good about three. I think right now, and I'm speaking for people, so I could be wrong, but I think a lot of people around the blue Jay world would certainly feel good about Gosman. Mm-hmm. I think probably feel pretty good about Bassett. And then you'd either think like Manoa bounces back or someone else establishes themselves, whether it be Kikuchi continuing to pitch pretty well, Barrios pitching well. I, I will say, I mean, I, you say Kikuchi's had a great start of the year. I do find it interesting that sometimes, like, 
it's trends. He's getting a lot of credit. He has not necessarily pitched much better than the other starters in the Blue Jays rotation. He right. he gave up an unlucky six runs to the Angels. One of the teams he pitched against was Kansas City. So it's interesting. But I do think they, between the six starters they truthfully have, and then maybe the outside chance at some of the guys that are coming up too, I, I do think it's probably internal rather than external. I do think if Kikuchi has a good game against the Yankees in New York, you're going to see a lot real. more. Yeah. <laughs> people are like, people are going to, uh, people are going to get on the Kikuchi bandwagon. Kikuchi I, fest is going to be in full swing. Let me tell you that. I do. I do think you're right though. Like when it comes to, when it comes to Gosman, regardless of the result tonight, because of the track record, I think you do feel pretty good about him. I will, I will slightly disagree with you on Bassett because I, okay. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I feel, I don't know if I would use the words, pretty good to f- describe how I feel about Bassett. That's not to say I think he's going to like completely get wiped every single time he goes out there. But I do think I, I need to see more. And there has been, there have been enough signs that I, it's not as though he's completely fallen off the face of the earth in the first couple, like the first start yeah. awful. It was an awful oh, first start. It's, it's the worst service. Yeah. You can never, you can't, there's career. no way you can, you can, you can, you can excuse that. But there have been enough signs in the next two starts that make me think, okay, you know what? If he turns it around, okay. And I think it's it starts really tomorrow when he takes on the Astros. Because if he has another poor start, like more akin to the start against the Cardinals tomorrow, then I, I think you're, there, there will be more questions than not in the starting rotation. If he can turn it around, not that it all hinges on one start, but if he can show more progression from the very first start of the year to now, then I'd feel better about feeling better about Bassett. Yeah, I, I should probably recognize and mention that I uh, lived in the state of New York last year okay. around a lot of Mets fans. So I watched, <laughs> he had a great year for the Mets he did. last year. He so did, that, absolutely did. that probably fuels some of my confidence in it is I watched a lot of his starts for the Mets and he was pretty phenomenal for them. But totally, I mean, what, what Blue Jays fans have seen, if you take those three starts, I would understand still having some questions. And again, I'm not doing this because I'm trying to throw shade because I I think that it, it is real improvement, but Yusei Kikuchi had an ERA one run lower last year after three starts than his ERA right now. So just I would I would encourage people to temper expectations, and and you know I understand though. I mean the Manoa regression changes the whole feeling of the rotation. That's what right it is. Now. Yeah, I think that, you take I think the that's one. What, yeah, and right now he's pitched. Yeah. To the fifth best performance. Yeah, that's why I think people have, and I think that's why Shane's question is a good one because yeah. it, it does belie a relative. Again, I don't know if lack of confidence is the right word, but it, it does belie a worry, perhaps that that kind of underlines or underscores the starting rotation. Because coming into the season, if you said Manoa, Gosman, Bassett were your top three guys, you would expect like shut out, shut out, shut down performances, relatively speaking from all of those three guys all the time, more or less. And if whatever you got from Barrios and Kikuchi coming into the season, like that, you just kind of take what you got. You hope for better, but if not, then you'd have to deal with those things. But you're right to Shane's question. Like I, if there is a change, it's going to come from, let's say, I I still think it's unlikely Tiedemann pitches for the blue Jays this year, but it'll come from Tiedemann or Ryu unlikely to me that it comes from an outside source. Like, I think the Brian yeah. Reynolds thing is more likely than <laughs> them trading for another starting, I starting so. pitch. That'd be, I mean, it'd be a lot of fun if Brian Reynolds played for the blue Jays, but yeah. also unlikely. Also, yeah. Also very unlikely, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's difficult to uh, starters cost a lot. They do. They're not Look easy what to Luis find. Castillo cost last but year. My goodness. You kind of only, 
when you get a starter and don't lock them down long term, it feels like it rarely works out. But or you just end up giving up way too much. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, this is it doesn't look great right now, but like I'll I like to remind some people, you know, like Fernando Tatis Jr. was traded for a half season of James Shields, Ooh. late career James Shields, yeah, not yeah. raised James Shields. Like that's that's the kind of thing you risk sometimes or when you make trades for starters. So it's tough, but I, I feel like if Manoa or Barrios pitch to their potential for mm-hmm. Barrios, I mean, that that's going back to a mid three ZRA. Yeah. And then the one who isn't is just like average. They'll be fine. And I don't, I think that's possible. One of either Barrios having a big bounce back and Manoa regressing, but pitching to, you know, even just like a four ERA or vice versa. Manoa ends up bouncing back, pitching very well. And Barrios gets it somewhere in the middle. I think then probably Gosman and Bassett do enough. Plus you see what you get from Kikuchi. Yeah. I don't think Manoa has to be the, let's say the, the third Cy Young finalist in order to prove that he's having a good season, right? Like I think expectations are always so relative. And I think that is, that plays into a part of it. Cause when you're a finalist for the Cy Young and then you get blown up three out of your first four starts, not great. No, no. But at the same time, if the blue Jays, we're reliant. I know it's Alec Manoa, but just in a vacuum reliant yeah, yeah. on a mid to low 20 year old mm-hmm. to pitch to Cy Young caliber. Would they truthfully be a world series contender? Like if that was the, if that was the thing that the house of cards yeah, was stood on top, yeah, you yeah, know, like, yeah. yeah. Or if that was what's it called in like an arch, like the cornerstone, I guess, or whatever that you pull out and all of a sudden it collapses, then you're probably not good enough to be a contender. Like I'm not saying Alec Manoa, is not crucial to their success. But like you said, it it would be unrealistic to ask a a young 20 year old to consistently be a Cy Young finalist. That is Ben Shulman. I'm show Ali. Let's take a quick break before we continue discussing what went down in Houston, the questions about the starting rotation, Kevin Biggio, the batting order. We'll continue discussing all of it on the other side of Jay's talk. Still some time to send us a phone call or send us a text message. I'll be right back after this. Jay's Talk continues. Show and Ben on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk. Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali Ben Shulman with you for another 10 minutes or so. As we wrap up a Blue Jays loss in Houston at Minute Maid Park. A 9-2 defeat. It was 7-0 at the end of the first inning and uh, ended 9-2. So I guess it was 2-2 the rest of the way. Is that like, a, oh, is that yeah. like the, the, the lightest of moral victories you could possibly take from this, Ben? I probably. Yeah, I could, you know, uh, Brandon Belt on, on base twice today. Moral victory. Kevin Kiermeyer keeps keeps the hot streak going. That could be your moral victory. I mean, if you really want the lightest, who's the reliever that pitched the shortest? Zach Pop. Zach Pop, yeah. Well, he did. I mean, around a hit, if you want to call it this, struck out the side. Some people don't like when you use that if it's not in order, but he did strike out the side to record all three outs in a way. You want to weigh in on what went down in Houston tonight? You can reach us. 595.90 is the text line, the people's text line, always open. Before we go back to the text line, let's quickly go to the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals, or game outcomes across many different sports, 19 plus play responsibly Ontario only uh, look, here's the, the one or one of the silver linings of tonight. The Yankees did not play and the Orioles did not play every other team in the AL East 
and I'm going to include the Blue Jays in this, lost tonight. So I suppose you lost a half game of ground, I guess, to the Yankees because they stayed idle while the Blue Jays lost the game. But uh, but with all the, the losses with the Rays, who got pumped by, of all teams, the Cincinnati Reds, the Reds beating the Rays by a pretty large margin and an odd game for the Red Sox today because it was on Patriots Day, which is, uh, as you told me, a uh, state holiday. A Massachusetts not a, uh, state holiday. Not a federal oh, yeah. holiday in the United States. I, I did not know that, I suppose. But um, I have seen Patriots Day, the movie, which was an okay action movie. <laughs> but uh, on a rainy Patriots Day before the Boston Marathon, Shohei Otani pitched two innings before a rain delay curtailed his outing, and the Angels won anyways on what ended up becoming a bullpen day. They won 5-4 over the Red Sox. So with the Red Sox loss, the Rays loss, and the Blue Jays loss, this is how the AL East looks right now. Uh, the Rays are 14 and three. The Yankees 10 and six. Blue Jays were 10 and six. They are now 10 and seven. The Baltimore Orioles nine and seven, and the Boston Red Sox are below 500. They are eight and nine, and they are bringing up the rear of the AL East. So um, maybe uh, again on April 17th, it's early Ben, but it does put a dent in your um, all teams finish over 500, but uh, it does, it, but it still does. A, lot, a lot of baseball left to be played. Yeah, for sure. And I, and you mentioned like the other teams losing, so you don't lose ground. And also, I mean, the Angels, in theory, a team the Blue Jays probably beat more than they lose to. Mm-hmm. So the Red Sox losing to them and the Reds, a team the Blue Jays should beat more than they lose to. The Rays losing to them, a loss to the Astros, albeit a, a blowout one. That's a little more normal. You'll expect the other AL East teams to lose games to them. So th- those are pretty big losses. I believe Boston overall, was that the finale of a series? I think it was. It was, it it was. was a four. Yeah. yeah, because of the weird Patriots Day start yeah. time. They do a four gamer like getaway on a Monday. It was at 11 a.m. this morning when the yeah, they play. They must play Tuesday night at home or something, which yeah. uh, that's rough. But you, you take it overall as a day, although obviously, you know, the Blue Jays individual performance, not the best. No, no, absolutely not. But hey, you take the like you said, you take the silver lining within the AL East. But that is the uh, Major League standings watch. Uh, let's go back to the text line, Ben. A couple of texts here for us. I see. Okay, so I'm going to read these two for you kind of together. This one's from Alex in Toronto, and one is from Carlin Welland. Okay, it says here, uh, first one's from Alex. I don't want to hate on Biggio, so I'll take another route. Espinal needs to be played more. He's an excellent defender. His bat will get better with more ABs. We had virtually no lefties last year, and now we have a surplus. We don't need to hold on to Biggio at this point. Wed and Espinal are both great utility players that can platoon at second base. And then Carlin Welland, it's, his text kind of goes along with this um, to a degree because he says, can we talk about the seven and eight spots in the lineup? I'm tired of seeing offers on the Jays' side and multi-hit games from the opponents. And it's true. I mean, like you heard the play of the game earlier with Ben Wagner and the, uh, the Jake Myers hit his very first home run of the season. And he was kind of himself filling in for Chaz McCormick. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And not, Corey not, Jokes is a rookie. Corey Jokes is a rookie. Not, not great. There's no way to slice that, but from the Jays seven and eight spots, I, I would say you, you have gotten some results from there, but you, you do want a little bit more. You want more. Let's put it that way from those spots. And Certainly. so I, I understand Carl and Alex talking about the various situations here. Yeah. And that's really kind of on, I mean, five different guys I feel like have hit in and around those spots. It is Espinal, it's Biggio, it's Jansen. Uh, at times, Kirk has been around there and Belt too. So I, it is really on multiple different people, which makes it difficult. I also will say, you know, if your seven and eight spots were hitting really well, those guys wouldn't be hitting seven and eight. So like to a certain extent, you know, your seven and eight guys are either, either probably your primary defensive positions, like Danny Jansen being the catcher hitting seventh, Kevin Kiermaier hitting ninth and center, 
or, you know, they're there to be second leadoffs maybe, which is kind of a Kiermaier situation. But, yeah, they, they, they need more out of a couple different guys, I, I think. And it's it's a little bit early to crack down too hard on it because a lot of people hit 170 for two weeks and then end up having a fine season. I, I think you get some encouragement there with Brandon Belt. I don't know if I would say the Blue Jays have a surplus of lefty bats. I mean, I don't think that they're without lefties if Biggio's not there. Right. At the same time, two of the lefty bats are everyday players, Dalton Varsho and Kevin Kiermeyer, and Belt's pretty close to it. I do think you you want at least one more so that in a situation where Belt is starting, but you might want to end up pinch hitting another lefty or something like that, yeah. you have one on the bench. Now, I'm not saying that it has to be Kevin Biggio. I'm not saying it is him or isn't him, but I do think they potentially want to keep those lefties. I I don't disagree, though, with getting guys everyday playing time and them hitting better. I mean, that's it's a solid point. If if either Biggio or Espinal played more frequently, it's likely that both would hit better, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's the same conversation we usually have with uh, with uh, Whit Merrifield, and it proved itself, relatively speaking, correct when he did get more playing yeah. time last year. And, and hey, proved itself correct when Espinal got a lot of playing time to start the year and then made it made the most of it and he ended up being the everyday second baseman in 22 for most of the season like effectively until he got injured at the end of the year right so it's very possible I see a text here from Tom in Orangeville um Craig Biggio makes a call or two and they give Kevin too much time he's a big leader big leaguer but a bench utility a la Ben Zobrist and so you know it's well, that's I, a big compliment a, I don't think that's who you meant yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I think he, you're not remembering how good Ben Zobrist ben was. won the World Series MVP <laughs> Ben, like, ben Zobrist the, was an all-star I, I think say, he was a multiple time all-star <laughs> yeah. yeah no I think maybe maybe Tom means someone else or, or maybe he's remembering the For bad the, Ben Zobrist years which of which there are not that many I would think yeah. but I mean I, I suppose I understand the comparison from a a super utility perspective because that is what Ben Zobrist was for a, a, towards the end of his career. But I mean, Ben Zobrist was quite successful. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, very. I'm not I mean, if, if Kevin Biggio was Ben Zobrist, no one would be text, no, like, texting no. right now. I mean, yeah, I, frankly, texting in a positive way, I think. Yeah. Also, for what it's worth, I'm I'm pretty sure Craig Biggio, I know it was a joke, but like works for the Astros. <laughs> so uh, no, he's not calling in. I do, again, kind of find it funny that that Craig Biggio or Kevin Biggio is getting like a favoritism Label, he is a utility player. Like, you're asking for him. He is. He's not starting every day. Right, right. This was his 11th game because he subs sometimes and he plays different positions. Yeah. So, Pitch I mean, hits, yeah. the ceiling of utility player, I have to say, isn't that high. Because, again, if it was so high, they wouldn't necessarily, uh, and with the exception of maybe like a DJ LeMayhew, mm-hmm. they wouldn't really be a utility player. They'd be an everyday player yeah. at one spot. Yeah, like yeah, and your LeMahieu point is well taken because he's he, he's not. I would not consider him a utility player. It's just that he is capable of playing. He's incredibly versatile. Yeah, he yeah. play. He, they incredibly just can versatile. put him at any of the first third, first second. But he's third. played every day at but one he, position too. Yeah, More yeah. in his Rockies career, to be fair, but he has. Uh, I wanted to play a piece of audio, Ben. We have a couple minutes left here. I wanted to play a piece of audio from Kevin Gosman. He just spoke to the media. So let's hear what Gosman had to say after a night in which he matched a career high in earned runs given up. Yeah, I mean, I just need to pitch better, you know, be able to slow down that inning and, and not let it kind of snowball the way that it did. But, uh, you know, I'm also confident in the, you know, the work that I've done to this point. Um, you know, I, don't, I feel pretty confident that I'm not going to go out and give up seven runs, you know, every inning. And so, um, you know, yeah, credit to them. They, they did a good job of putting the bat on the ball and, um, you know, laying off some good pitches early in the game and 
Yeah, credit to them. That's Kevin Gossman, who um, did not sound super excited to be speaking to the media in which they were probably just, I don't know what they what the question was, but it probably was something like, so Kevin, Kevin, what went wrong tonight? You know? Yeah, <laughs> and, and even what are the thoughts on the performance? You, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you have what, to ask, but you know what the thoughts Yeah, you kind of know what he's yeah. going to say. So he's not going to come out and say, yeah, I suck now, right? I mean, he, that or, is. Or like, I think it went great, <laughs> yeah. but it just, you know, obviously. Uh, he's, obviously he, he knows. He, spe- he's, he speaks the truth. Like, he, like he's, he, he's a, one of the hyper-competitive athletes and based on his track record even if you want to ignore the 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 entirety of his blue jays career going back a couple years before that he did from baltimore gosman to san fran gosman then to toronto gosman has remade himself a couple times and like we were talking about in pregame that is something you kind of have to do as a starting pitcher oh we got a we got about 90 seconds left here ben real quick what do you expect out of this road trip like what's an acceptable result from a from a six game road trip that takes you through Minute Maid Park and then Yankee Stadium in New York. Yeah, I mean obviously slightly slanted with the fact now sure. we know that there's a loss. Yeah. I, I think three and three truthfully is should be a realistic expectation. And and I would say I really wouldn't sound the alarms at a two and four. I, I know it's not exactly what people want to hear, but the Houston Astros and New York Yankees, just like the Blue Jays, expect to win ninety to hundred games this year. And when you go to their ballparks, they are the favorites. So if they win four of the next five, I mean, good for them. That that would be phenomenal. But I'd say three and three and even two and four at this point isn't terrible. I'm going I'm going three and three as well. Uh, that's Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Marvel Studios, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3 coming to theaters on May 5th to celebrate Crown. Canada's number one protection is offering a special spring promotion inspired by the movie. Visit crown.com for details. And see Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 only in theaters May 5th. Actually, the Blue Jays have an off day on the 8th. I'm going to see it on that night. So I am Groot. I will. Uh, <laughs> no, you're Ben Shulman. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali for Ben, Ben Wagner, Tom Young, Nick Blackmore. That does it for Jays Talk. We appreciate the calls and texts as always. Jays lose 9 2 to the Astros, and we will continue having Jays Talk for you throughout this series into the Bronx as well. We will talk to you then. Enjoy your night. We hope tomorrow is a better day than this one. We'll talk to you then.